0: welcome to it's like this my name is laura seifert and i'm an author a teacher a speaker but really i'm just an everyday woman who's looking to find god in everyday life throughout the bible jesus would take profound truths like the kingdom of god what is that what does that even mean and he would make these big truths accessible and understandable and he did it by giving examples and saying things like well it's like this it's like a mustard seed and when you plant it It grows and it blooms and it provides shade. And why would he say that? Because he's speaking to people that are farmers. So instantly, it makes sense to them and they can get their minds around it. Other people would say, God, he's like a shepherd and he cares for his sheep like a good shepherd would. And that was coming from David, who was a shepherd himself. So where do we find God today? Because I'm not a shepherd and I'm not a farmer, you might be, but where do I find him? Can I find him in the grocery store aisle, my least favorite errand to run? You better believe it. Can I find him around a dinner table with a good meal and great conversation? Absolutely. So join me each week for fun conversations about finding God, even when we aren't looking for him. It's like this. Thanks, guys, for listening. This is Laura Seifert. You're back for another episode of It's Like This Conversations with Me. And today I'm so excited because my guest is Dana Owen. She's a good friend of mine. She, I'm on the school board in my hometown, Friendswood, Texas. Friendswood ISD, Dana is Executive Director of Communications, but we've known each other not close. We haven't been close friends, but we've been friends
1: for 20 years. I mean somehow we're connected our souls are connected we've been 100 percent 100 percent let's just say that it's true it's true but
0: dana does her own podcast for our school district i was a guest and when i was a guest on that podcast i recognized i really love talking to dana owen you're really easy to talk to and one of the things i love about dana is she challenges me and she calls bs when she needs to. oh and vice versa mm-hmm. i would say totally that's, vice that's, versa we there's more to interest- call out with you
1: <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. I'll take that. You know, you have um, some of the highest numbers in our podcast. Some? I think we just hit six. We just did our 16th podcast or something. You're one of our highest podcasts as far as listeners goes. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Whoa. Can I I translate that to likes? You're, you're,
0: yes. (laughs) Heart emojis, all (laughs) the stuff. Well, I loved the conversation with you, and it was a lot of fun. And so I thought, I want you to come on here and have a conversation with me. And as I was thinking about this, you guys, I thought, Dane and I could talk about anything, It's true, literally Mm -hmm. anything, and have fun doing it. So to help me get a little bit more structured, I brought with me today tabletop questions. Don't turn us off. This is really going to be fun. These are literal questions that are on my dining room table that Jason and I ask our kids at dinner sometimes. If we're sitting there and we've all had a stressful day and we don't have a lot to say to each other, we want to foster
1: communication, and so we'll just pull some of these questions out. That is so great. If I could be your daughter for just <laughs> a weekend, it would be so That that but <gasps> oh. Lord, this is the kind of stuff that I love about you. Because how do you have kind of some hard conversations with right with your kids and their friends if even if their friends are over? That yes. would make it a whole and this is a great way to do that. You just have cards and it's not like you're yeah. trying to stick it to them. You just right. want to know what they think. And the cards are the heavy.
0: They're yes. the ba- they do all yes. the heavy lifting and we just ask them and go, that's stupid. And we move on or <laughs> that's we camp a terrible out. Answer. That's a dumb one. <laughs> okay, so we have some questions we're going to ask. So Dane and I are both going to answer them. And we're just going to see where this goes and it's going to be a lot of fun. First question is, what job would you love to have? I love this question.
1: Um, Do you want to answer it first? Do you want want me to answer it? I want you to answer first. So the first thing that comes to mind is a truck driver. (laughs) (laughs) Now listen, okay, so retirement is in my near future. I know. So one of the things that I really love to do is I love to look at so many jobs and go, I could do that. Like I could be an Amazon truck driver and that truck would be so organized. (laughs) Baby, I'd be, I know. What is it about, okay, so
0: you gotta tap in what is it that you would what is it about driving a truck because you could be an a professional organizer
1: no oh no so it's so what is it about the truck it's driving the truck it's out I'm right now I'm in my office a lot I'm Mm -hmm. in campuses and stuff like that but just driving around seeing people handing them deliveries listen I don't have to answer to angry parents Uh I don't have to it's just I got my things to deliver and I'm delivering I'm saying hi to people that would just so, so it's kind of tapping into a task that you can accomplish, and at the end of the day, you
0: feel productive.
1: Right. That's it, good. And you're by yourself. I'm not saying it's mindless, but it's not a whole lot of, like, it's, yeah. you know what you have to do, and you get it done. Right. You know, that, yeah. that would be refreshing yeah. to me.
0: Because I would think that would be refreshing to you for maybe six months, and then you're moving on. Totally. Because the job that you do requires a lot of creativity. Right. And that could be draining at times when it's, when you've, it's
1: demanded. And quick turnaround. Yeah. Which is like, Ugh, you know, trying to get everything out there in the way that people want to yeah. see it and understand it. And it's kind of a marketing sort of thing. So just being a truck driver and delivering boxes would just be so refreshing. Oh, my gosh. What about cr- yours? I want your, what, is,
0: what is yours? Mine is, I really thought about this. It's Savannah Guthrie. I want her job. I used to and have always said I want to be the next Oprah Winfrey, Oh, but here's why I don't. Yes, I've thought about it and here's why I don't. She is a mogul and Mm -hmm. she is running, like she's got thousands of people working for her and she's got a lot going on. That overwhelms me. Savannah is working. She's got, there's something I'm learning about myself and you guys may be learning things about yourself as you go. Hopefully you are, but I need the support of a team and I need the support uh, like the network, if she works for NBC, and there's red tape with all of that, I would imagine. But there's also a level of security of like you're kind of you've got a net underneath you. I don't know if that makes sense. Whereas Oprah is out in front, making the decision, calling all the shots, doing all the. I don't know. I'm. I don't want to oh, do that.
1: Oprah totally has a team.
0: Well, she's a team to execute her ideas, right? I don't know. There's something different about it to me. And I will say this, Savannah is on the air and then she can leave and go home and she can schedule when she wants time off and she's not gotta, She's not paying other people's paychecks. She's not managing other people. She probably has an assistant. But it there's something so fun about what she does because I love interacting with people. And she gets
1: to do that? She does, but she has to talk about, I would think, some pretty negative things. She that, does. That I would think might be a little upsetting to you. So they would, would you, be, yeah. Would you only want to tell story positive stories. You would want to tell the bad ones too. Yeah,
0: because I think what it would tap into is I would love telling the negative stories, but also bringing some sort of comfort. Like Savannah does that even through her eyes when she communicates. Mm -hmm. She's masterful in my opinion. I personally am more of a Savannah fan than I am a Hoda fan. Hoda copy that's interesting. I think i'm I'm rare in that pool. I think most people like fan out over Hoda copy.:
1: um so i'm a I'm a Jenna. me too lover more than the other two, actually. Oh yeah why? hoda Hoda, I see through a little bit. I don't yeah I Hoda makes me nervous. Jenna is just like I think she what you see is what you get. Yep. and she's just and you're so real oh,
0: so thanks. i could I,
1: I could see where you would be. I don't know. I think her job's a little more difficult than what you're giving her credit for. Probably. but Jenna or? No, I know why you want to be her. Tell me. You, the outfits that she Oh, get, my goodness, yes. You would have. Somebody just. They would give you money to get to. Yeah, no, No. they'd bring them to me.
0: They would bring them to And you. they would learn my style and pick them. And then I bet you at the end of a show, if she's feeling really good in one of those outfits, she can take it home. Yeah, I bet she does. Oh, I don't blame we her. We would stop her. Who would stop her? No one's gonna stop her. Savannah Guthrie, that's it for me. Interesting. All
1: right, second question. Truck driver for me. Truck. (laughs) God.
0: Truck driver. Trent, your husband, would be like, Yes. Oh he he Yes. Get out in that truck, baby. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Okay. This one's a little we're swimming into the deep end of the pool Uh with this question. So just get ready, y'all. It's a little bit of a weightier question, but I really love it. What is the thing that you most regret saying? Doing to a friend? Woo! Come on. Do you know your answer? No. I do mine. Okay, you okay. go. Okay. So I listen, the, there's four million things I'm sure that I've said to my spouse that I regret. Mm. I mm-hmm. obviously, and my kids that I regret. But what came to my mind, which is shocking to me, goes back to seven years old, first grade on the playground at Frank Borman Elementary School. Isn't this crazy? Wow. I was on the playground with a lot of my friends. It was recess, and we were out there playing, and there was a little boy that was in our group that was in my class, and we were all playing together, and he had a friend come over to tell me that he liked me, this boy liked me, and did did I like him back? And instead of just politely saying no, but I want to be his friend, I called him a name. But I said, ooh, no, he's, and I'm not even going to say it because I still carry shame about it. Yeah. But when I said the name, I saw his face absolutely change, Draw. and I saw the embarrassment that yeah. it caused him. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, Dana, I remember even back as a seven-year-old little girl, that was the first time I think I really felt conviction. I really felt, oh, I wish I that was, oh, I wish I had not said that. And I remember um, the feeling like it was yesterday, and I remember his face like it was yesterday. And I'll tell you this. On our 20-year high school anniversary reunion, he was standing at the bar. Oh, and tell I, me that. I did. That's the story yep. you did. I went up to him and I said, I have to apologize to you, which I don't know if that was a good thing to do that or not, but I needed to. Right. I really did. And he, of course, you know, was like laughing and was like, I didn't remember it, but I can tell you he remembered it because it embarrassed him. I saw it. And that was something that I think,
1: I don't. Know, it, it marked me for life. Do you think when you walked away that he thought she still is in love with me because she's <laughs> thought about me all these years? I'm serious. Don't you think he thinks you've thought about him all these years? <laughs> I didn't even get that far in my mind. I don't even know. I just knew I needed to to
0: I needed to apologize, and I had not seen him since uh, high school. So
1: you made. But I didn't flirt with him. Your heart felt better. Yeah. You brought back up such right. a traumatic event for him. that he, he slipped back into a really bad place when you walked off. That's that's a great
0: story, though. He moved into a dark hole again very because dark of me. Hole. So it was really pretty self-motivated, I
1: guess, that I apologize. But. Hey, are you good? Great. Hey, I feel good. better. Hey, I feel better. But see you later. And then you're talk to got to go. Didn't even buy him a drink. <laughs> Oh, I regret saying it, though. He's back in counseling. He's back in counseling. Ca- no, he probably isn't. Can I tell you? My answer's not interesting, and I really don't have one. Come on. I have to tell you, I am too direct. and so there's, You're an Enneagram 8, for any of those that yeah, know the Enneagram up yeah, there. Yeah, I know. You know that about me mm-hmm. much more than I do. But there are so many things that I really regret. Mm. And I really say a lot of things in a joking manner. Yeah. And I regret it because I think... Did they know I was like, I'm really kind of kidding. But then how did that make them feel? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. so I, I do regret. I try to be really nice to people. But don't ever ask me. Can I ask your opinion? Because I will always. I'm one of those people that I'll always give it. Um, always. I don't know if that's true. Let's try it. Ask me. Ask me a question. If I you don't want, want to because <laughs> I know you're going to tell me the truth. <laughs>
0: But I do know you enough, Dana, that you yeah, overthink things. I do. You leave and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm an idiot. Why mm-hmm. did I say?" I don't know if you guys listening do that. If you overthink conversations to death, I can do. I don't do that as much as you do, but you are direct. But
1: I, I know that you, I know your heart. Like that's what I hope. You I would, hope people know oh my heart. My and um, but I do think there are a lot of overthinkers. Like there are people that I work with that we laugh on a daily basis about things that we say to each other, but then that night we're yeah. making sure we're, we're apologizing to each other. Hey, you know, whenever I said that, I was just like, no, like, stop. Okay, here's who
0: does not do that. Mm-hmm. Every man on the planet. Oh, yeah. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I don't think any, any guy, y'all, if, if there's any men listening, I, I just don't. I don't think men rethink it and go, hey, do you, do you know that I— I, unless they knew it was so direct, but I just think women, we overthink stuff to death. What drives that?
1: I do think we have really hearts. Like we are trying, first of all, we're trying to run everything, not run, but we're trying to help everyone with everything. Yeah. I think our hearts are to help. A lot of times it comes across as controlling. And so then we sit back at the end of the day and go, did I take care of this? This? How did, what did I say here? What did Mm -hmm. I do here? Did I leave people feeling better about themselves, worse about themselves? And then we start to just feel, because we're feelers. That's good, that's true. We feel all those things, and then we go, oh, I hope they know that.
0: I think there are two reasons that we do that. One is when we're walking in the Spirit, meaning when we're walking connected to Christ, Mm -hmm. we do have that compassionate side of His heart. Like we women, just He's wired us to be nurturers. So I agree with you. I think when we are walking in health and we're walking... It's it's motivated by an effort to help and make sure that we're not hurting and make sure that we are, our words are bringing life. I think when we're walking in our flesh, meaning just our self-motivated yeah. selves, I think it's image management and it's how you perceive me. And I need to make sure, wait, did you think, do you think bad of me? I don't know. Disagree if you think, but I know that there's times I have to gut check myself and go, why are you wanting to circle back up with her? is it really just to make sure she thinks well of you? Mm. Or are you really concerned that you hurt her? I continually have to do gut checks. And if it's, this is really me wanting to control the way she perceives me, I don't think that's a reason for me to pick up the phone. I think I have to wait, simmer, you know, just when there's times when I circle back up, I need to really wait. And if I feel motivated by an effort where she's or he or whomever it is, is more important. And I really am wanting to bring peace and making sure that you're okay and that I didn't wound you with my words. That's important to do, but that's one thing.
1: And I think sometimes it's 50-50. Well, and one of the things I can remember clear as day is you said to me, I, I said something and you go, hey, who's selling you that? Yeah. Where are you getting that from? And it was such a great, like Dana, that's not Christ. That's yeah. the devil. And the devil... Does delight mm-hmm. in those things. Let's, and if you find I do find it interesting, it's always in the evening. Ugh. Why do things so many really bad negative anxiety comes in darkness in the evening? That's a good that's true, Dana. Oh, it's true. And it's like just wait, just hold on till mm. tomorrow. Just wait until that's so and true. the next morning. It's a different perspective. It's a totally different yeah. perspective. I mean, we've all heard if you're gonna send an email, a message. Just hold on to it for the night. Sit on it, sleep on it. Yeah. And that next morning with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. a lot of times you see things totally differently and go, "Whoa, yes, whoa, what was whoa, I simmer down, <laughs> simmer. sister. Just hold on. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. that's really true. Okay, this next question leads it really kind of piggybacks on that last one and what we were just talking about. Do others perceive you differently than you are? Not than you that you want to be or how you want to be perceived. But do they perceive you differently than you actually are? Do you think that's true?
1: Oh, absolutely. I don't I, think that's true for me. You No, I don't Mm-mm. think that's true for you either. You are who you are. Yeah. And you are so great at... <laughs> this is why I had her on, y'all. No, you're so great if there's someone over in the corner not really talking. Yeah. And you're the first one over there going, what's going on? Tell me your name. I don't think I know you. Yeah. And then you just say just things that just relax people. Oh, thank you. And I'm exactly the opposite. I mean, I'm (laughs) literally, when they're in the corner, I feel the need to go to the other corner and just like, I have nothing, like all I can think in my head is I have nothing to say. I don't know what to say. What should I say? I don't know what to say. So their uncomfortableness makes you uncomfortable. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I've tried, I mean, I've grown as obviously as I'm getting older, I've tried to, um, you know, learn some strategies to not overthink that and just People are people, right? Yeah. Um, but I've just had too many people that have told me after they've gotten to know me, "Wow, you're totally different than the way I thought. I thought you were really a snob. Oh, really? Yeah. I think that's because you're so
0: pretty and you're so put together. You really are put together, like she is, y'all.
1: It's true. I'm trying to come like up literally. Time. We're
0: in the studio recording now, and the and Paula, who's the secretary that at the front office. She, I walked out to the elevator bank to look for you, and she said, Are you looking for a really beautiful blonde? She described you perfect. She's like, Very beautiful, very professional. Wow. I was like, Yes, that's my All friend right. Dana.
1: All right. It's true. So I do think that you, and you're tall. You I have carry a, a serious look about you me. You do. You have a very professional stature about you. Have you ever noticed when I'm with that resting face? Have you ever noticed mm-hmm. that I just try to smile? <laughs> you're flaring your nostrils, <laughs> as in what? I know what you just thought and yeah, we cannot say right. it. Right. I know. I know. Okay. I try really hard to gently smile to let people know <laughs> that I'm not a snot. You're, You're not snot. a snot though. You really aren't. I'm a really snot. not. I try not to be.
0: I don't think that's how you come across as a snot, but people not. have told you that? Yes. Interesting. I'm like, thank you for getting that off your chest. Thank you. I think sometimes I feel like I come across as too much, but that's because I probably am, you know, but you don't think that because I'm your fan. you're I, strong,
1: too. We're both strong personalities. If there is a fan of Laura Seifert, Aww. it is Dana Owen. You are just... <sighs> you're so sweet. As Kelly Hornberger would say, you're a rock star. A rock star. She does yeah, say she that. Does say Shout that out my, to you, Kelly. Yeah, yep.
0: um, it's interesting because I serve on the school board in my town, Friendswood ISD. We just said that. Dana's on staff there. And our board of directors just went through this predictive indicator, this mm-hmm. personality deal. And they graph you... And the first graph is how you, your true self. Second graph is how others perceive you. And mine were almost identical. Mm. But there were some people on our board whose graphs were completely different. Right. And the person leading us, walking us through this said, that's really because you're not as comfortable in your skin. And so it's almost like you feel the need to not perform for people. That doesn't sound right. But you're just not as comfortable in your own skin yet. And so... But it's interesting. I think a lot of um, years and maybe in ministry, I don't know. I just Yeah, where did that
1: come from? That would have been my question. Probably therapy. And
0: honestly, just the more connected, this is going to sound maybe too uh, spiritual, and I don't mean it in a, a snotty way, but I think the more I really connect with Christ and understand how loved I am, the more I accept the way he's wired me. And I don't I don't reject those things in me. I just think this is how he's made me. So let me embrace it. And it's really, I started doing a lot of work
1: in that in my probably 20 years ago.
0: And it's really changed me.
1: You know, we spend so much time. I wish kids could catch on to that. Mm. that We spend so much time in our younger years trying to be like everyone else. My daughter, good Lord. How many times do I say to her a day, Beth? God made you to be you. He didn't make you to be her. But that does not matter. It didn't it matter to me matter. when I was 15. It doesn't matter. And I don't know what, because we can love Christ and we can really have a heart for serving Christ, but you still want to, you want you know, want to fit in. And yes.
0: And that's, I think part of that is okay. I mean, I think that's our nature, our human nature, but I think when it grips you and it controls the way it changes the way you interact with people, mm-hmm. I think that's becomes bondage a little bit, right? and that's not what God intended. And that's what I—I I pray that for my daughter and my son, but my daughter, I just see it— it's brutal being a teenage girl in this day and age yep. with social media and with all the things. It's hard.
1: Hey, listen, it's a great question to ask your kids is, who do you think you are? Describe yourself. Like, oh,
0: that's—yeah.
1: Tell me who you are, and then tell me who how others would describe you. I mean, that's kind of an interesting—there's actually a Dove commercial about that where— Is there? Yeah, they're like, people would say they're not pretty enough, but then when other people draw you, they actually draw you as much more beautiful than you would draw yourself. That's good. Yeah, there's a Dove commercial out there. Look it up on YouTube. It's really inspiring and and positive. Because I do think we're, we're hard on ourselves in general. So hard. Yeah, All of us
0: are. Some harder than others, but we really are. And my daughter sees a counselor... Um, that we love who's just helping her get through these years just uh, someone other than her mother right she's a christian she's wonderful and her homework from last week to this week was you have to think of two core beliefs about yourself that are positive not things your mom or someone else has told you but core beliefs and two core beliefs about yourself that are negative negative. and i thought man that's good homework for all of that us that is great homework mm. Just It's good to identify what is
1: it I really believe about myself. Right. Anyway, good question. And even question. to have non-negotiables. You know, Trina and I have boys that are in their 20s, and we talk about what are some non-negotiables, like with people that you're dating mm-hmm. or friends. Mm. Like I, I, can, I, can st- I can have a lot of different friends with a lot of different personalities, but these are certain things that I'm going to stand up and say, nah, I, I don't agree with that. Like yes. this is what I believe. And I'm not going to waver at oh, all in good. those things.
0: Now, this is interesting, Dana. And did you, when you and Trent asked your grown boys mm-hmm. that question, as they were growing up, were there non-negotiables that you defined for them that they now carry? Or are you just letting
1: them out? Do you know what I'm asking? Like, how I, have they I been think defined? most of our lives as parents, we try to right? give them. Oh, well, hold on. you. No, that's right. not. That's not the way to do that. So they're saturated with what we think. I mean, truly, it's like, it's them figuring out what is important to them. What do they hold on to? Yes. And And what's new? Where's their bar? Mm -hmm. Because I never got the, if you fall for everything, you, what's that? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. So think that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. So what are your non-negotiables in a friend, in a partner, in a... You know, that these are my standards and I'm just not, I'm not going to waver from those things. These are the things I hold on to. and You know, that's really good insight when you're dating for all you single ones out there.
0: Figure those non-negotiables out before you say I do. Absolutely. Because I will tell you, Jason and I share very similar Mm non-negotiables. Our personalities are so different. But really, at the end of the day, I remember dating each other. And one time when we were dating, we were at a restaurant and we were ready to sign the check, I don't know how it came up, but our tip—how much? And we both are big tippers. We're—we don't make a lot of money, but even when we were dirt poor, we were twenty percent tippers. Mm-hmm. That's just a value of ours, and that's a—that's a small thing. But I just remember that like it was yesterday. That was kind of an aha for both of us. And we have several just character integrity issues that are just non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we meet up on almost yes. all of them. Yep. And that has helped. That's gone a long way when our personalities are annoying one another. Yes,
1: absolutely. The way he eats cereal... Mm, it can be tough. Oh, it can when be that tough. spoon hits oh, that bowl, you just want to take it and throw it across the room.
0: Mm. Ooh, and this is what's funny
1: is my son,
0: Ben, is 16, and he impersonates people better than anyone. And the way he impersonates Jason eating cereal, I, I think I'm going to double over and cry
1: Did Jason have any idea that that was annoying or upsetting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And now he just accentuates it. Now he just slams it. Oh, he he, he just clanks that oh. spoon, and he just does it. It's
0: good. Yeah. All right. Last question before we wrap up. Um, if you, this, I love this question. If you could spend tomorrow doing anything you desired, what
1: would you do? I mean, there's a quickly go to, I would be on a beach in Mexico, yeah. hands down. Yeah. I'd be super skinny. I don't know <laughs> if that's part of the question. It is. I'd be so skinny and I'd be so tan. Like you can't yeah. even. You can't even imagine. I'd have the skin of my 20-something-year-old self. Oh, my skin would be like I'm 98, but I'm really, in, you know, 50. (laughs) Not that I want it that way. It's just how it would be. But I'd be so skinny, and there would be like wrinkles falling on me. That's what I would be doing tomorrow. Like one of those so Florida retiree women <laughs> yes. that
0: you see yes. walking and yes. they're just the sag. Yeah. It's just, they're so... I don't
1: even, I wouldn't uh, even care. No, they don't care. They've no, earned it. They're right. so happy. Just walking down the beach. Yes. Not caring about any. I wouldn't even be caring about if I was going to deliver an Amazon box No. Or well, I'm that
0: just, truck, you're way yeah. past the truck driving phase in your life. Um, who would
1: your people be next to you? Would you have people or would you be Listen, by yourself? I just envisioned just myself. <laughs> I probably should change that. But it was just me with a white bikini walking down the beach. Let's move on to yours. What's your answer, Laura? (laughs) Sorry, Trent.
0: (laughs) Dear Lord, Um, mine would be similar. It would not be a beach. It would be a lake. It would Mm. be water, but it'd be a lake. Would it be Mountains? No, just, my just first thought was Galveston. Um, my friend Sylvia lets us use her bay house a lot, and it is our happiest place on earth. Okay, that's not a lake, by the way. Oh yeah, you're right. But we're on the bay side. Okay, so it feels non-beachy. Yes. So yes. yeah, but you're right. Yeah. Or I'd be at a lake house. I like walking out onto a deck, mm. sitting in a chair with something bubbly in my hand, watching the sunset. Yes, greatest. And then I would have my people, mm-hmm. which is you know, certain you know, just my people, and. Some would be next to me, but a lot of them would be, I'd be watching them, like my, my men fish, Beth might be laying out or on a kayak, but they're all happy, Yes, but we're all together.
1: Mm-hmm. God, that's a great day. That is a great day. And I even like the idea of you don't have to be entertaining one another, No, but you're all so comfortable that yes. you're off doing your own thing, but you're just together. But we're together. Yeah, I like that. Because
0: I, I need alone time, but happy for me is with my people happy. I, when pitch, I picture
1: I picture me right next to you. Oh, Yo, you keep it right next to me. Right next to me. I have a white bikini. No, that can't come.
0: Bikini stays at home. Black mom, one piece with the ruching. Oh, yeah. I've got 10 of those in my closet. I've worn um, one pieces since I was 13. Literally. Never wore two pieces. Never will.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't do you, it. You should try that. But Maybe you know what? 51. As we
0: close this episode, I want to leave this visual for all oh, of our listeners. Do. I was at the dermatologist this summer because I had a little pre-cancerous thing on my neck that we had to remove. And he was doing a full body scan. So I'm down to my skivvies with that robe on. And he's checking me and he says, okay, this, your stomach skin, it's so white, it's translucent (laughs) because it's never seen the sun. And he was like, that's what we're going for. This is what you tell your daughter. This is what you don't let it see the sun. I was like, forget it. She's going to be like I was with baby oil and the... Yeah, foil thing to lay on. Exactly. We don't know better. I know. So white, you're blue. So white, I'm blue. Yeah. yeah. That's what my stomach looks like because I've never worn a two-piece anyway. Dana,
1: I love you. I
0: love you, too. I'm grateful
1: you've been on the show. Thank you for We're having gonna me. We're going to have you back. Anytime. Okay, good. I'll, I'll come up with a different profession the next time you ask me a question. Yeah. Other than the Is rug.
0: there any other woman listening that would dream about that? If so, I want you to, to put those in our comments. There are number eights out there who... They get that. Yeah, they get it. They get that, all right. Okay guys, thanks for listening to It's Like This with Laura Seifert, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, I hope that you are enjoying It's Like This, Conversations with Laura Seifert, a podcast made possible through the financial partners of Yes Ministries, people just like you. Yes Ministries exists to draw all women closer to Jesus. We do so by providing free Bible studies, online encouragement through our social media platforms and by providing a podcast just like this one to women in all places and all walks of life. That's right. We do all of those things and we offer them free so that everyone can draw closer to Jesus without the hindrance of a dollar sign. But to do that, we need partners like you. Giving to God's work draws us closer to Jesus. Giving to God's work draws us closer to his people and giving to God's work draws us into his story. And if you would like to be drawn in, we would love for you to give and partner with us. You can do so in two different ways, one through our Venmo account, which is at L-S-YES, or you can visit our website online, yesministries.net. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of It's Like This, and most importantly though, I hope that you find it helpful in your own discovery of God. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. And to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Seifert Yes, which is L-A-U-R-A-S-E-I-F-E-R-T-Y-E-S. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.